0: Welcome to Radio 191 FM podcast. Now
1: uh, for something really special. We've got a pre-recorded interview um, from the lovely Eileen Cochran, um, a fellow member of the Radio 1 whanau. Uh But before I play that interview, I thought I should preface it with a bit of um, context. Uh, it's with um, Guy On Espina, who is... A journalist, a podcast maker, and he has just finished making a documentary about, um, the, the, basically New Zealand's drinking culture, um, and the alcohol industry that fuels that culture. Um, it looks like a fantastic documentary. Before I play the interview, I'm going to play the trailer, um, just, uh, yeah, get you hyped for it. This is, uh, the Guyon Espina, uh, proof trailer, and then straight afterwards, I'll play the documentary, um, with, with the maker of the documentary itself.
2: Yes. Um, I had many shockers. Um. Can you top that? I don't know if I can top Helen Clark seeing me (laughs) spread (laughs) eagles. Um. It's both a story, a factual story, and it's also, in some part, to be honest with you, a personal story as well. I was someone who drunk too much. Oh. Um, I feel like I'm in an AA meeting now. <laughs> <laughs> the benefits go beyond potential health benefits and risks. There's also a social benefit. But come on, everyone knows the benefits of alcohol because it, it's fun to get drunk. Oh, guy on. Really? Well, of course. Did you really say that? Say it again. I will. It's fun to get drunk. You don't know my story. You don't know how it's harmed my people. So it's done a lot of damage in your life, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Can I? My sister! You stay out of it? Oh, shut
0: up! Fuck off my dress. can you afford it? No, Go, no, you can't
2: afford my dress. How much of the fights would be alcohol-fueled? I mean, people freak out about pee, etc., but booze causing cause you more, more trouble? Definitely more violence on a Friday, Saturday night as a result of alcohol in town, yeah, definitely. Is it fair to say that the the business model is based on alcoholism? Absolutely. At some stage, we've got to ask ourselves, is this right or is it wrong? It's as simple as that. What would your message to them be? Grow some balls.
1: It looks like a fantastic uh, documentary. Um, that was just the trailer that you just heard. Um, now we're going to listen to the maker of the documentary, Guyon Spiner, talking to Eileen Cochrane of Radio 191FM. Stay locked.
0: Kia ora koutou. Ko Aileen tene. Yesterday, I caught up with award-winning journalist, guy on Espina, to chat about the liquor industry and our drinking habits in Aotearoa, ahead of the release of his forthcoming documentary on the subject, Proof. Uh, this documentary, Proof, which is fantastic, by the way, it's a look at the alcohol industry in Aotearoa and the role it's played in creating our drinking culture. And you've come into it from an investigative journalist point of view and also from a more personal space. So could you speak about your motivation to make the documentary?
2: Yeah, I mean, I gave up um, drinking alcohol in about mid-2019, and I was looking for a way to explore what drives our culture of drinking in New Zealand. I guess when you stop drinking, you realise what an enormous role it plays in, in one's own life and in the um, in the life of... Um, a lot of New Zealanders, I think, and so you're right. It is um, uh, partly sort of hard nosed um, investigative journalism, but there's also um, a, a personal story too. And I, I thought that I, I wanted to be upfront with that and, and and honest about that. And also, I thought it was a good way to ex- explore that through through a personal story because I think that often resonates with people. And I also wanted to. I think awkward things are quite good sometimes I I think that it's still a taboo to talk about your drinking I mean the question how much do you drink or do you think you drink a bit much or those kinds of things are still pretty taboo in New Zealand um they're they're considered something that you 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 wouldn't ask people about um so I thought it was a a good way to sort of yeah lift lift the curtain on this if you like
0: for sure um And, you know, you're more specifically talking about not only our habits, but who's promoting them, who benefits from them and who's most impacted by them. So you've talked to a range of people from liquor industry lobbyists to Maori wardens, to lawyers, people who see all sides of this issue. What was that like? I can only imagine even just on screen. Those are some pretty tense conversations to be having. Yeah, they
2: are. I mean, we we talked to uh, Rawari Ratu, who was a Maori warden for 30 years and um, out in Ōtara in, in South Auckland. Um, you know, when, when you go out there and, and you walk around with him and he's pointing out where all the bottle stores are. And um, I think at one point he says, you know, uh, kids in, uh, walking to school are passing, you know, five or six bottle shops on, on their way to school. And just the, the saturation around um, South Auckland um, in particular of, of bottle stores is pretty striking. And, and that leads to that other issue about what say communities have in this because the liquor industry, and I count the supermarkets in that as well, have fought against any local um, alcohol plans for many years and thrown a lot of money at the court process to stop communities having a say and truncating the hours or allowing new ones to open up. So that was pretty striking. Um, when you look at um, World Health Organization or any public health expert, they'll tell you the three things basically uh, uh, around uh, reducing alcohol harm, which is price, um, marketing and availability. So that. Yeah, it strikes at the last one of those availability and, um, you know, it's certainly available pretty much every street corner in some parts of New Zealand.
0: Absolutely. What stands out for you from the process of making proof as maybe the biggest lesson or realisation that you came across during that process?
2: It's normalisation, you know, and and that's where marketing um, comes in because the, the marketing drives the culture of drinking in New Zealand to, to a large degree, and w- when you when you align this with heroes, um, then that that sends a really strong message. I mean, you you've got Steinlager who have um, sponsored the All Blacks for thirty five years. The All Blacks, you know, I mean, it, is there a more iconic way, especially especially for men, but but for all New Zealanders, these these are heroes. Is St- Steinlager and Lion Nathan even want to dig deeper into the psyche than that and and uh, link themselves with the nuclear free moment. And New Zealand's independent foreign policy, um, which is, is pretty extraordinary, um, it, 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 that isn't normal around the world. The French have banned um, alcohol sponsorship in sports since 1991. All Blacks had to cover up their jerseys playing in France in, in 94. I mean, so this has been a long-standing ban. Um, and now there are moves, I know, now to to to, to possibly end that. Um, well, there's a there's a members bill from Close Horbury that attempts to do that. We don't really go into the politics, in, in, into, into the docker. I wanted this to be a little bit more timeless. I mean, the, you know, the, those um, things can, can change and um, whether her, her bill is successful, I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, certainly the thing that really struck me is I was driven by t- t- try to answer that question. Why do you feel so out of out of water or the odd one out why are you made to feel so strange when you don't drink and I guess if you drive a culture where that's considered to absolutely be the norm then that's the answer
0: I just want to draw on something else that you um, brought up there because I couldn't help but wonder whilst watching the documentary, is there an issue of the Kiwi bloke stereotype, the highest compliment it seems that a a high profile man in New Zealand can be given and we saw it a lot with say John Key is you can have a beer with him Um, and it's not to say this is only a masculine problem, you know we could flip the the coin and talk about quote unquote wine mums but in the context of the documentary and maybe even speaking from your own experience, um, is there a specific angle here that plays into how, I suppose, masculinity and the Kiwi bloke has been constructed in New Zealand?
2: I I think absolutely. Um, We knew early on growing up, I I grew up in Christchurch as a a Gen Xer, um, sort of coming to of age drinking at 15, 16 in the mid-80s, we knew that um, our worth would be uh, measured by how much we could drink. But where does that come from? I mean, you can't tell me that's just a natural um, sort of embryonic thing that anyone would, would, would determine. I mean, that, that's driven by, by those things, isn't it? That's driven by a, a culture that um, that celebrates he- heavy drinking. Um, and and that, that doesn't come out of nowhere. Um, and you'll still even see it today. I see billboards saying happy hour, make it count. Um, you know, um, it, all of those things are fueling that. Now, now think. Things are changing a little bit. I mean, um, and, and younger people are, are less often drinking hazard, hazard, hazardously uh, than, than they used to. That, that's great. Um, that's fantastic. I, I I hope it's more um, acceptable not to drink nowadays as a young person. I don't know. You tell me. Uh, it looks like you've got a few, few uh, less years on the on the clock than I have. I, I know. I know that there were very few people who who, um, didn't drink. I can't remember one from my um, high school and university times. I went to Canterbury University. Um, Is it different now?
0: I do think that young people get get given less credit for uh, our self-awareness. And maybe I'll look back at myself when I'm not 20 and laugh at myself for saying that. But I do think that there is a level of self-awareness that um, exists, but... You know, you point out that young people are statistically, we're drinking less and that is a good thing, but it's not to say we're not doing harmful things. In the documentary, you had clips from Agno Street Party, which is 500 metres that way from where I'm recording right now. And, you know, young people are, I think the biggest problem is that we're inclined to as soon as we're told to do something especially in a way that we might view as patronizing we want to do the opposite thing it's almost innate I think young people have been like that since time immemorial so I do wonder what you would say to I don't know how do we start that conversation about hey your drinking might be harmful with people who are inclined to not want to listen well, I, I reckon
2: that's a really good question, and it was in my mind when I was making this. This isn't a lecture about it, the harms of alcohol. We all know um, if you drink too much, you get into trouble and you feel terrible, and, and you might do something stupid. Look, we all know that. Um, so it's not a lecture about that at all. It really more asks the questions, are you in control of this? Where is this coming from? Um, are you are you freely choosing to do this or is it just part of the expectation i mean people who who like a drink they they want to conduct that experiment go out to a party see how you can see if you can last without drinking see see if you what sort of um pressures you get because i know that when i stopped drinking people and, and i was 48 or something um people would say to me why aren't you drinking Um, is there something wrong? Are you training for something? Um, You know, and and sometimes quite aggressively. um, Why aren't you drinking? And I just thought that that was really weird. Like the, 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 the burden of... I mean, alcohol's a drug, right? Imagine saying to someone... Why are you taking drugs? <laughs> I mean, think it, it's extraordinary. I mean, that's laughable. We both laughed at that because that is laughable. But but you see, there are a couple of things going on there. We don't see alcohol as a drug when when clearly it's many scientists will tell you it's the most dangerous drug we have and you, it's not hard to mount that argument um and and also it's so normalized that you, you're considered quite quite weird not 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 to be doing it so i guess when you talk about that question especially with younger people it's 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 more hey how if you if you're cool with your drinking and you're, you're all good with it just you know cut a your go for it i that's that's all good with me. I'm just uh, say ask that question. Are, are you in control of it? Are, do you really want to be do- doing what you're doing? Or, or are you being stoked along by something a bit bigger than that? I
0: think that's a really important question because you can apply that to so many things. Is if it's not a problem, you should be able to go out for a night and not do it.
2: That's right. But you see, it, it, you, you realize how large it looms in your life when you stop doing it because you find all these excuses. Oh, you know, people say, oh, should we get an Uber? Oh, no, why can't you drive? Oh, there's no point going to the party if I can't drink. And you start factoring it into every part of your life, and that's where you realize, um, gee, this is really a massive part of my life, it, and it's just a product at the end of the day, isn't it? Mm. You know, it's it's um, yet it really massively does um, – Control a, a lot of what we do and a lot of our, our, our social lives. I mean, I've had parents and friends say, oh, we can't do this because we're going to be written off the next day, so I'm not going to back myself to drive here or whatever. And we've just socialised this idea. And part of that's cool with um, drunk driving. I, I get that. And all the public messaging says, you know, if you're, if you're drinking, don't drive. But it doesn't say it the other way around. And it, this idea that it's not even an option not to drink. And that's, if anything, I'd love to come out of this documentary, that it's, a, that it's a fine and cool choice not to drink at all. And it's not weird. And I'd love it if people were able to go out more easily. With some, you know, someone was ordering a beer, someone's ordering a Diet Coke, and no one, no one looks at you and thinks that that's weird. And I know that's happening in... In a, in a lot of places overseas I see New York has got um, some, some bars that are alcohol free entirely um, and there's more choice and more creativity around that stuff and that, that's all cool but this isn't a, this isn't a story or a documentary about um, people not drinking or even cutting down if they don't need to it's just about exploring w- w- why and how our drinking culture is being perpetuated and, and, and who gains from that who the vested interests are.
0: Absolutely. Cause one of the the kind of standout points that you made in the documentary to me, the one that I was like, I do that was spending so much time thinking about who's gonna sober drive, how are we gonna get out there? Who's gonna get us back? Do I need to, I don't know, not go out for lunch with so and so so I've got money for the Uber on the way home? That was the that was interestingly enough the point that I was like, that is so much so much time spent outside of just going out. Um, and now you talk about your own worst night in the documentary and people have to watch to find out. But I'm wondering, since you've stopped drinking, can you tell us about your best night, your best day? Um, what's happened that wouldn't have been the same? Yeah, that's right. I mean,
2: I, I feel I feel a lot better. I have I have so much more more time because you do waste a lot of time hungover and I can I can feel it and I'm sort of. I'm I'm sort of grimacing a little bit as I I say that to you because I can, can, just recalling that feeling. And I've, you know, been a journalist for a long time and I've I've worked a lot hungover. And again, that was a badge of pride, isn't it? Like, um, you know, do the... Do the what does it do the what do they say do the crime do the time or something or you know you kind of you've done a big night and then you go into it the next morning so look I feel better I, I've I've ve- barely got sick since then I think my immune system is is, is better but that that may not that may be psychosomatic I don't know um, um but I, I, f- I, f- I feel better and I certainly have a lot more time and I have good times going out i i I've, I've, I've been going out to music gigs and listening to the music. <laughs> you know it, 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 I guess in some ways it forces you to um, to engage more because with booze right it takes over the whole table and the whole night oh what are we doing oh well we're going to go and get drunk and and I'm not even criticising that but it does spend, it, it does take up the whole circle eh? whereas if, if you're going out and you're not you, 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 you're more about having great yarns and listening to the music or doing something you know so I think it's amazing how much of your time you can you can just it, it, it can just suck up this this time you can be really lazy with the day because you can just go oh well we're just going get, to get together and get drunk <laughs> um and so it does force you to be more creative um and a lot of the time i could have i have go out and have great nights have good parties and stuff sometimes when people are really fueling up uh, they're just a waste of time after about nine thirty or 10 o'clock that's you know so that's that's funny sometimes um you know, there are nights where people just are stumbling, and um, you know they forget, they say the same thing to you three times, and don't, don't remember any of it. And it's just like, oh, well, this is this isn't really nice point. But most of the time, I, I'm going out and um, having good long yarns and boring people with war stories about journalism. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's I think that's a great uh, a great point about time. And I suppose people, if people do find it so unimaginable that someone else isn't drinking that might be a sign that it's time for them to have a quick a quick look inward and see why that's so unimaginable to them yeah yeah yeah. I, I, th- I, th- I think
2: so um and, and again um you know, if everything is socialized around that. I mean, if you think, you know, births, deaths, marriages, you know, someone's getting engaged, what do we do? Have a drink. Oh, someone's got a new job. What do we do? Oh, let's have a drink. Someone's lost their job. Oh, well, let's commiserate down at the pub with a drink. You know, so it's cradle to grey stuff, isn't it? It, it? It's built into every single occasion. Um, and so it's it's not surprising that that people think that that's the way to behave at every occasion. But it's not. It, you know, it's really not. But it's not until you, until you break that, It was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be, you know, and the hardest thing has been that social expectation. Um, But the other stuff actually very quickly becomes like,
0: ah, why
2: why didn't I clock onto this a bit earlier?
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for your time today, Guyon. Well, thanks very much for your interest. Proof from Guyon Espiner is out on Monday, November 15th on RNZ and TVNZ1.